So guys, we are back in the building, in the booth, and um, before we get started, I just want to forewarn you that this is an information-loaded episode. Yes, so, and we're 60 today. Yeah, this is episode number 60, <laughs> um, but please take some time with this one because it's a lot of information. But anyway, welcome to episode number 60 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast, season two. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, so we are back. I am in the booth with my beautiful co-host, Amanda Blair. Taylor, how you doing, boo? What's up? Boo is good. (laughs) Boo is good. How, is anything new going on? I know you hyped because you got your mama here, you know. Yes, my mama's in town. Today's her birthday. Today's her birthday on the day we're recording. On the day that we're recording. What's today? Yes, the, uh, 27th the 27th of April. Yes. And so, then my mom's happy birthday. birthday to my mommy. My mom's birthday's coming up. May 1st. May 1st. So we happy just got a, a bunch of birthdays for the mamas. Man, yeah. So it's going down. But, um... Mm-hmm. Babe, are you ready for this episode? Yes, it's truly needed. Because, yeah, it's needed and it's a lot. So before we get started, I just want to say welcome again, everybody. We appreciate you listening or allowing us to be in your ears. Um, I want to give a great shout out to all of our patrons who have decided to support this podcast episode um, we really, really, really appreciate it. We don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. And if you guys are interested, uh, feel free to go to the website to take a look at how to be a patron and support this show. Yes. Um, I won't be playing anything about that today because we got a lot of information to cover. Um, but I just want to say thank you. And be on the lookout because Mandy has a book coming out. When, baby? coming out the end of May. In the end at the end of May. So it's a couple of weeks from now yes. you guys are going to start hearing about it. Wait till you see the book cover. I mean, this thing <laughs> is beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. So It looks great. Yeah. So, um we just want to say be prepared for today's episode cuz there's a lot. And I'm just going to go ahead and dive in. I'm going to do a lot of talking today, so please forgive me. Um but we're going to go ahead and get started. You Let's ready? Let's go. Let's jump in. We're going to jump in literally. <laughs> so, over the last 3 years, We've spent a lot of time, actually most of our time, you know, as a business focusing on helping couples who are where we were, meaning, you know, couples who are struggling with infidelity, struggling to reconcile broken marriages. Absolutely. So over the last three years, that's what Mend Our Marriage has kind of been built on. Been focused, yeah. Meaning, you know, anybody who's struggled or who are standing in a marriage, you guys You guys know us, not anybody, but you know, that's what we, that's our bread and butter. Um, So, you know, like the programs, the books, uh, the Facebook live teachings, the groups that we have on Facebook, those have been mainly catered to spouses who are standing for their marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that said, however, most of our podcast episodes have been actually the complete opposite uh, and that they're not solely catered to standards. Uh, but instead, they're catered to marriages in all conditions. Mm-hmm. It's more of more of a marriage education mm-hmm. than marriage reconciliation. Yeah. Um, so today, we're dedicating this episode to all of the standers out there. Yay! <laughs> to all of you standers <laughs> who are looking to reconcile their reluctant spouse back to the marriage. Mm-hmm. And even more specifically, today's podcast episode will focus on the actual stages of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And 
what to do during each stage. And just to clarify, of course, God does the reconciling. Of course, we don't do that. You know, that's him that completes that process. But what we're going to talk about today will help you to go on that journey as successful as possible. Yeah. Think of it as you are co-laboring with Christ. You are uh, in a joint partnership to help heal your marriage. Right. God will use you as a vessel. Exactly. Um, And so, and, and, you know, to be honest, this has been one of the most requested topics that we receive. Um, And a few weeks ago, we actually did a Facebook live to one of our private Facebook groups that you only know about if you got one of our books, um, (laughs) where we taught on, we introduced and taught on the concept of the stages of reconciliation, but we didn't have enough time to actually deep dive into it. So today we're going to go, we're going to go deeper into this topic. So really make sure to take some good notes. Yes. And then one final, yeah, pen and pads, please. Uh, and one final thing before we get started, uh, we may use certain terminology that you may or may not be accustomed to hearing, um, especially if you don't have any of our books and things like that. So I'll try my best to explain those terms, but please go out and pick up our resources or listen to our previous episodes so that you can kind of be familiar with the language that we're using. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want to spend a lot of time kind of defining all of the phrases, but mm-hmm. My guess is that most of you guys who know us know what we're talking about when we say things like reluctant or standards. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's go ahead and dive right in. (laughs) So over the last few months, many standards have reached out to us regarding the reconciliation phase, meaning their reluctant spouse is at a point where they are open enough and ready to explore explore coming back into the marriage. Mm -hmm. One of the main things that we've noticed is that standers in this situation struggle with what to do when the spouse comes back home. Mm-hmm. We've actually seen marriages, some marriages get worse at times due to this struggle. Mm-hmm. And because of this, we want you to remember one very important point. And this is the point I want you to remember. Just because they came home, they don't mean that the stand is over. Right? Right. Re- reluctant spouses can return at any stage of the reconciliation process. Your stand should last until they are fully reconciled, Mm -hmm. meaning your stand should last until they reach the seventh stage. And we're going to talk about that in a few. Right. So for the sake of consistency, uh, let me briefly introduce a few terms that you may or may not be affiliated with. Uh, And by the way, I'm speaking from the position of two things, experience, right? Because everybody should know by now I was a former reluctant spouse mm-hmm. and Mandy was a former stander. Right. And then we're also speaking from the position of researchers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've been in the mental health field for 14 years. Mandy and I have been doing mend our marriage for three years mm-hmm. and we have worked with tons and tons and tons and tons of couples mm-hmm. and we use them as research as well. So as we're helping, we're learning and we're studying so that we could be uh, better prepared to provide the best type of resources. Um, so as we've studied this, you know, just know that this information has proven to be very accurate. So you'll, you'll hear me use the term reluctant spouse and standard a lot. If you know us, mm-hmm. um, and a reluctant spouse is someone reluctant about the marriage in some form. It could be that they no longer feel that the marriage fits what they need. And thus they are having second thoughts about the marriage all the way to, they feel like you no longer meet their needs. And thus they venture outside of the marriage to get those needs met. And by the way, that was how I was. So so a stander, in contrast, is the spouse who is standing or working to, in some way, save the marriage. Right. Simple enough? Now, 
prior to the reluctant spouse entering into the first of the seven stages of reconciliation, they are either classified as a co-reluctant spouse or a lost reluctant spouse. Right. And I talk about this in my book, but I'm going to go briefly. I'm going to just share a little bit about what I talk about in my book, and then we'll go even further. So a co-reluctant spouse is possibly the furthest that a spouse can get away from you while still being married. Anything further than that, and they will be classified as divorce, mm-hmm. right? And as I write in my book, the co-reluctant spouse is known to demonstrate some of these traits and, and some, you know, combination. combination. So they're very emotionally numb. They state that they don't love you anymore. They have already filed for divorce. They are actively having an emotional or sexual affair. They've moved out of the house and are living with the person that they're having an affair with. Uh, they refuse to accept any accountability and have not sought out any help. They've isolated themselves from their friends, family, or any major influences um, they have stopped all physical contact with you. They consistently blame you for the failed marriage. Uh, they only interact with you regarding the kids or finances. And even then, they rarely initiate conversations with you. And to some, they've become very verbally and or physically abusive. Mm-hmm. So those are just some symptoms that you're dealing with a cold reluctance. It can spouse. be one or all. It can be just two or three of those. But Absolutely. Yeah. And then the lost reluctant spouse They'll exhibit these traits. Uh, They may demonstrate some emotional distance, but they are still influenced by your emotions. Uh, They have contemplated divorce, have said that they wanted out of the marriage or have even separated from the marriage for a period of time. Uh, They state that they don't love you anymore and that they don't know if it's even possible to get that love back. Uh, They mainly blame you for the failed marriage, but they do assume some responsibility. Uh, they They may have participated in an emotional or sexual affair, but are willing to end that relationship. Uh, they may be ex- exhibiting symptoms of depression or anxiety. Uh, they haven't moved out of the house, but you guys are living like your roommates. Um, they've probably cut off sexual intimacy because, in air quotes, they don't want to further complicate things. Um, and they may even be open to getting outside help for the marriage, but they won't initiate that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are just a few of the symptoms of a lost reluctant spouse. And I'm going through this because I want you guys to really kind of understand where your spouse is so that you can know how to move them to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I moved from being cold reluctant to being lost reluctant before entering into the seven stages of reconciliation. Uh, and because this episode is about those seven stages, right? The seven stages of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and work through each of them so that you can get a better sense of two things. And I want you to be focusing on two things as we go through this episode. First, mm-hmm. Um, this information will help you to know what to do when your spouse is at the point of reconciliation. Knowing this will help you to decrease the amount of mistakes or setbacks that you may have, that you may have during this stage. And like I said, we see a lot of people struggling here. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that you decrease the amount of errors that you make. Um, and this information will help you to identify where your reluctant spouse actually is in their season of reluctance. And this knowledge will help you to identify with the struggles that they will be having, uh, depending on what stage they're in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's go ahead and dive into these seven stages. It's about to be chunky, y'all. So just kind of chunky, chunky, like meaty, like chunk, chunk. Just just be ready uh, because there's a lot of information. So I don't want to rush through it, but I know this is going to be a longer episode. So stage one of reconciliation 
is called the ambivalent reluctant stage. Mm-hmm. So this is right after the person has moved from being lost reluctant, then they move to being into stage one, which is the ambivalent reluctant stage. Um, if given the appropriate amount of time and strategy, a lost reluctant spouse will naturally move back towards being ambivalent about the marriage and about reconciliation. So this should be a natural progression if you've done things correctly while they were lost or even cold. And I want you to think about the marriage reconciliation in terms of an analogy. Think of it as a person going to the swimming pool for the very first time. And think of it as that person, after being encouraged to get in the water, and and remember, this person doesn't know how to swim, right? But after being encouraged to get in the water, this person will most likely first just dip their little toe in the water, okay? That's what they're going to do first. They're going to test out the terrain, (laughs) right? And this is them being ambivalent about the water and about the process of swimming. Mm -hmm. So they'll most likely have a million questions about their safety in the pool, and they will be highly distrustful of your ability to save them from drowning, Mm -hmm. even if you're only calling them to the shallow end of the pool. Right. So you're calling them to a place where it's pretty impossible to drown, but they're still going to think they can drown there. Kind of reminds me of a uh, Mandy on our honeymoon, but I ain't going to say that's that. All right. Don't, that's all right. She ain't hear me. y'all. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get that working. We're going to get that working. <laughs> um, we got you a bike. Cause you gonna get you gonna get learned on that process to yes, ride y'all, a bike. I don't know how to ride a bike either. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. I'm I should learn. laugh at my spouse. I shouldn't laugh. Don't <laughs> y'all don't laugh at your don't don't laugh at your wife or your husband. Just don't laugh. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. Help <laughs> <it>. <laughs> anyway, let me get back focused. <clears throat> so, if your spouse is an ambivalent, reluctant spouse, they will do the same thing about the marriage, like the person that doesn't know how to swim would do about getting in the water. The shallow things will appear to be threatening. They will question your motives and often believe that you're doing and saying things just to manipulate them to get back into the marriage, right? And again, we're talking about someone who is ambivalent or they're at the ambivalent reluctant stage. Mm-hmm. Now, the key to enduring during this stage and helping them to move to stage two, which is where you really want to get them, is one thing, confidence. The more consistent you are in doing the things that you were doing while they were a a lost reluctant spouse, the more confidence they will have in the reconciliation process. See, it's their confidence that will move them to stage two of reconciliation. Just like it will be confidence that will move the person from dipping their toe in the water to sitting on the edge of the pool and actually putting their legs in the water. So literally... Don't change up your strategy just because they have kind of turned back towards the marriage. Instead, maintain consistency so that they will begin to be confident that reconciliation is even possible. Okay? So in stage one, you're not really doing anything different. You're not implementing any major strategies. You're just maintaining your consistency, but you're focusing on building confidence. I mean, a lot of this consistency is spiritual spiritual in nature in regards to prayer and following God's lead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we work with standards in our overflow program where we help them move through these stages. Um, And so it's, you know, getting some wise counsel, being very spiritually, uh, spiritually led Mm -hmm. um, and just, being emotionally balanced is going to be yeah. very important in these exactly. stages. 
But confidence is key. Help build that confidence. And consistency. And consistency. Got to be consistent. So let's move to stages two, three, and four of reconciliation. And by the way, stages two, three, and four are the most fragile and important stages of reconciliation. Um, They're the most similar to each other. And thus, I will focus on all three stages at the same time. Um, So stage two is called the open reluctant stage. Stage three is called the reconciled reluctant stage. And then stage four is called the reconciled ambivalent stage. So you should see a natural progression from stage one, which is the ambivalent reluctant, to stage two. Now they're open to then stage three. Now they're reconciled, but they're still reluctant, even in their reconciled position. And then stage four, they move even further down and they're reconciled ambivalent. Now, if still using the pool analogy, Think of it like this. So with enough confidence, a person will be less ambivalent and more open about them not drowning in the three feet water, right? (laughs) Just saying, with enough confidence. So they will go from dipping their little baby toe in the water to actually sitting on the edge of the pool and allowing their legs to be immersed in the water. Eventually, they'll move from just their legs being in the water to actually standing in the shallow end of the pool. Now, it is at these stages that we see the most mistakes being made by standards. So just kind of be very aware of things that we discuss. Now, think of the person in in a pool right now. So they're sitting on the edge of the pool with their feet in the water. Or maybe they're actually standing in the shallow end, holding on to the side of the pool. And they're most likely highly guarded and looking for any reason to jump out the pool. I mean, let somebody sneeze the wrong way and let a little bit of that pool water get on their lip. And they may fear that they're about to sink to the bottom of the pool, never to rise again. <laughs> well, I, I've seen this play out with Mandy. But we, again, we don't, we don't, you're not gonna, you shouldn't talk about your spouse. So I'm not even going to bring that up about Mandy on our honeymoon when she stubbed her toe after thinking she was drowning. Stay focused. Stay focused? Okay. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> so the same is the case with your reluctant spouse. Think about it. So, like, look at it from this angle. So, while your spouse is either open reluctant, reconciled reluctant, or reconciled ambivalent, they will be looking for reasons to protect themselves. They're still in self-preservation mode. The biggest difference between stage two and stage three is that the reluctant spouse is more than just open to reconciliation. They've actually verbally recommitted to the marriage or have agreed to move back in to see, in air quotes, if this will work. Mm -hmm. The biggest difference between stages three and four is that in stage four, the reluctant spouse is actually re-engaging themselves back into the marriage, but they're still highly cautious, and anything deeper than the surface is something that they will kind of veer away from. It's like the person who has moved from sitting on the edge of the pool with their feet in the water to actually standing in the shallow end. This person although they're in the water, will refuse to go any further than they can control. I hope you got that. So they'll hold on. They can't go any further than arm's length because that means that they're going to be in a place where they can't control. So they're going to stay in a place where they can control. That's what your reluctant spouse is going to look like in stages two, three, and four, especially stages three and four. Mm -hmm. So with these three stages, think about this, guys. If you lump too many expectations onto them, 
or if you lack consistency, which is what we talked about in stage two, stage one and two, if you lack to put too many expectations or if you lack consistency, you will only reinforce their desire for self-preservation. Think about it like this. Humans are pain-avoiding, pleasure-seeking creatures. We don't like things that are uncomfortable or things that are painful. Right. And if they're in this uncomfortable position and it gets too uncomfortable, they're going to go back to what's comfortable, mm-hmm. right? And that's where we see a lot of relapse happen. Don't, yeah. And we're going to talk about relapse in a minute, so I won't say anything, but just kind of keep that in the back of your mind, right? So don't drop your guard just because they're back, okay? Just because you they back in the house with you. Just because y'all had sex or just because they've been talking about reconciliation, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that everything is over. Don't drop your guard. I actually had to learn as a stander that I had to <laughs> almost stand stronger. Yes. I had to be more, you know, consistent and, you know, be praying. I won't say pray more, but just being more faithful in my walk with God. More and intentional. Trusting, yeah, being more intentional. And, and, th- and that's so true. And this is where the rubber starts to meet the road. This is where the hard work really starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you're like, dang it, I want to break, but you know, this is, but, but then I think that also then reveals as a standard, if what you've been doing has just been for the marriage mm-hmm. reconciliation or has it been really for you to grow yeah. and heal as a person. Yeah. That's and that's key. what it, re- I mean, that's what it really has to be. If you're standing for your marriage, really it's about that journey of you becoming closer to God and you getting healing and growth within yourself. Yeah. And then your spouse seeing that authentic change, yeah. not just you doing something to get them back. Yeah. And that's key. And yeah, we're going to actually go a little deep into that because that is so key. And you got to remember that don't drop your guard. Okay. And what we often say is just because they're back and instead of dropping your guard, focus on strategically accepting them back in their wounded and flawed condition. Mm -hmm. Now, Keep in mind, I didn't say just accept them the way they are. I said strategically accept them the way they are, mm-hmm. meaning there's a strategy to this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your goal at this point is to help them change through influence, just like you were doing when they weren't interested in reconciliation. Right. You have to grow in influence at this point. Now, you've heard us say this before, but we're going to say it again. Safety and security produces vulnerability. Vulnerability produces influence. Mm-hmm. You want to focus on influence in these stages of reconciliation. Right. Now, you can't expect to make a request like, so now that you're home, I get to have access to your phone all the time. Right? You can't expect to have make a request like that and have them to accommodate your request unless you have the appropriate amount of influence. See, if you try to request things prematurely, guess what it'll do? It'll only heighten their ambivalence and eventually... They're reluctant. And I know some people may think that, you know, that's ludicrous. That's crazy. You know, they're back. Then, you know, they need to do these things to prove themselves. Not yet. And that's more of a, you know, natural way of thinking. Yeah. You know, um, if you're really, if you were standing for your marriage and standing God's way, then in all of this, even through these stages, you have to be spirit led and follow God's lead. Yeah. Um, and yes, there will be a time to put a, put a plan in place, but like David was saying, you know, you have to really start to establish that influence again. And that starts with really rebuilding friendship and connection. Mm. And then, then together you can develop those expectations. Yeah. And we'll um, get to that in a yeah. minute. Because if Mandy keeps talking, she's going to move to the last, to one of the <laughs> later points. Um, yeah, I know I like to jump. She like jumping. Why don't you jump in the pool water then? If you like to jump, I'm sorry. Did, was that petty? 
That was very petty. petty. Very petty. For being petty, petty Peter. Petty Peter. Yeah, you're okay. being Petty Peter. That was a little corny. Petty Peter. Yeah. You could have like put something else because my name is David, so Petty Peter doesn't really. That's the best. Really... I mean, the only P name I can think okay. of. Okay, well, good job. Petty Pedro. I mean, Petty. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's a Peter or Pedro listening, you're not petty. Actually, you <laughs> might be petty. We don't know. We ain't met you yet, so. We'll be to tell that if we meet you. But anyway, mm. baby, you're supposed to keep me focused. Let's go. Okay, let's go. So, <laughs> all right. So if you want the outcome to be that you have free access to their phone, don't start there. Okay? Don't make that request in this stage. Okay? Again, there's going to be a time for that, but don't start there yet. Instead, start with creating a safe and secure environment. So what that may look like for you will be maybe you allow them to be on their phone around you without you asking them who they're on the phone with, mm-hmm. right? And I know that kind of goes against traditional norms like Manny was just saying, but there's a strategy to this. Mm-hmm. So instead of outright saying, I need to have access to your phone, let them be on their phones around you or on their phone around you without you looking over their shoulders, going through their call log and badgering them about who they're on the phone with. Right. And okay? then, and that's, and that's how you allow the Holy spirit to work on their hearts and to bring righteous conviction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because if you can bring, let the Holy spirit do the work for you, what you can do is begin to continue to focus on yourself, right? Let them see that you are in complete control of your own emotions so that they then have an emotional model to follow. Yeah. So if you can model things for them, then they can learn through your model, just like Mandy did for me. Mm-hmm. And by the way, wives, yes, us husbands, we do pay attention and learn from you guys. We just may not give you the credit. Okay. So just keep, <laughs> keep, keep hammering away because he's probably, he's paying attention. I promise you. <laughs> anyway, so think of it. Okay. Think of it like this. It is critical that they continue to buy into the changes that they believe that you have made. This is what Mandy was alluding to earlier. So just like it's critical that the person standing in three feet of water see that you aren't drowning when you dip your head completely underneath, it's crucial and critical that they are able to buy into the changes, your consistent changes that you've made. Yeah. So just, okay, keep that imagery in mind. Now, for time's sake, let me move to the next stage of reconciliation. But let me bring up, actually, before I do, let me bring up one final thing uh, real fast. And that is this. Please understand that relapse is imminent, especially during the first three stages, okay? Or I'm sorry, the second three stages of reconciliation. As they are attempting to reintegrate their thoughts, their feelings, and their behaviors back into the marriage, they will have moments where they will default back to what has been working for them. Again, humans are pain-avoiding, pleasure-seeking creatures. Mm-hmm. We do what works. We do what's comfortable. We yeah. do what's pleasurable. And if I'm thrust into an uncomfortable situation, it is only normal that I, if in a time of duress or distress or anxiety, I go back to what I know is working and, and is most comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I'm losing all of my progress. It just means that I'm being a human. Okay? Right. So don't get offended. Don't get discouraged if you see them demonstrating tendencies of relapse. It Relapse is a healthy part of healing, okay? Just like the alcoholic, they'll relapse. That Your spouse, if they're going through these stages, will have moments of relapse. It may not be in their behavior. It may be in their thinking, right? It just depends. It may be in how they cope. So how just they kind respond of, or how they resp- Exactly. So just don't take it personal. See that as part of the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actually be happy. I know this is going to sound weird, but be happy if you see relapse because that means that that person is, is, is going and growing through the tension 
of change. And they're not stuffing things. Exactly. Tend to be something they're not. That means that they feel comfortable relapsing in front of you because they know you've created a safe place where they can fail together. Exactly. Exactly. Good stuff. Really good stuff. So expect it so that you don't overreact when it happens. Mm -hmm. The goal is for them to move from being reconciled, ambivalent to reconcile, hopeful. Mm -hmm. The safer that you make them feel the smoother their their transition will be. And moving right along, Let's explore the last three stages. I just gave you stage five. Stage five is uh, reconciled, hopeful. Stage six is reconciled, motivated. And then stage seven is fully reconciled. Mm -hmm. So again, remember stage one, right? Stage one, we call the ambivalent reluctant stage. Stage two is the open reluctant stage. Stage three, reconciled reluctant. Stage four, reconciled ambivalent. So once they have worked through the ambivalence. You've created that consistency, that safe place. You've demonstrated the change that you want to see in them. There should be some hope starting to surface. And stage five is all about hope. And I'll be spending the bulk of our remaining time on stages five and six, because if you think about it, stage seven, which is the fully reconciled stage, self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. That just means that they've now reconciled completely back to the marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, we get a lot of standards who ask, like, and they'll ask us this question. So, like, when do we start making requests or recommendations for, you know, my our reluctant spouse? Like, so when should I recommend that they go to marriage counseling or go to individual counseling? Or when is it okay for me to request to have access to their phones? Now, remember I said in stages two, three, and four, it's not okay to make those. Well, you can do what you want because you're grown. But if you make those requests, then you run a higher risk of pushing them back towards being yeah. ambivalent and, and you're reluctant. you're not going to get the results that you exactly. want. Exactly. So stage five and stage six is when it's okay to make those requests. Okay? So that's when you can make those requests. During the reconcile hopeful stage and during the reconcile motivated stage is when they're most likely to oblige to those things. And we'll talk about that here uh, in a minute. See, see, once your reluctant spouse feels safe and secure, or in other words, once they feel less ambivalent, they will naturally be more hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds strange, but hope is the thing that will move them through the difficult terrain that's coming. Mm-hmm. See, up to this point, they were not like given many expectations or boundaries uh, that they had to abide by. See, now in this stage, though, it's finally time to put a plan of action in place uh, for the completion of the reconciliation process. Right. And I know Mandy was starting that p- to talk about that. So we're going to spend a little time talking about that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of it like this. Hope is a shared vision of what the marriage will look like after reconciliation. Right. Hope is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Hope is what will get them to agree to go to counseling mm-hmm. or what will what will get them to agree to allowing you to have free access to their cell phone. Mm -hmm. See, if you've been consistent during the first four stages of reconciliation, they will naturally develop hope for what could be. Mm -hmm. Now, once they're hopeful, they will in turn become motivated to attain that which they're hoping for. So this is how it should look in terms of the progression of things. Now, while they are between the reconciled ambivalent and reconciled hopeful stages, Start vision casting with them, right? Start focusing on how you two can use 
the current season of your marriage to impact the lives of others. Mm -hmm. Literally talk about the things that we are going through now can serve as a tremendous bomb or healing agent for another marriage or another individual, right? Mm -hmm. There are many husbands out there struggling with what you struggle with, right? Maybe now that you've overcome your things or you are working to overcome your things, maybe it's time to start focusing on helping other men like you Mm -hmm. so that they can then heal their marriages and move forward and and pay it forward, right? Mm -hmm. Focus on those things, you know, vision cast, focus on what you're hearing from God. Mm -hmm. What, what are you learning from the season and what do you plan to do next? Mm -hmm. Right. If, if they're able to join in the discussion, then you know that they're probably at least close to being reconciled, hopeful, or they're actually at that reconciled, hopeful stage. Mm -hmm. Um, and as I've stated before, don't give them new expectations and, and rules to abide by until they're here, until they're at least at stage five of reconciliation, or at least until they have gone through the reconciled ambivalent stage. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen them move towards or through the ambivalent, uh, the reconciled ambivalent stage, uh, you notice that, okay, they're starting to be more hopeful. Okay. Now you can start giving them expectations. Mm-hmm. Now you can get, if, you give them too many expectations too soon and you risk them getting out the pool for fear that they'll drown. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't say, okay, let me hold your hand and start uh, kicking your feet and then let go all at once. And cause they're going to think they're going to sink and drown. Right. <laughs> That's what I saw my wife do, but again, we're going to stay focused. Yes. We I, are. I, I just want to tell that story no, so bad. It's just so fin- funny. We need to finish. Oh, but it was so funny. They need the rest of this. Oh my gosh. Y'all Well, somebody email me and ask for the rest of the story. No? Okay. I'm going to keep going. Manny, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay? I'm enjoying this. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got to get focused. Okay. So, as I've stated before, don't give them new expectations and rules to abide by. Okay? Until they're at this stage. You give them too many and expect them to be pushed away. This stage, though, is all about creating a shared meaning and working together to accomplish the vision that you guys are discussing. We recommend doing that by putting a plan of action in place. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually did this. Here's an example from when Mandy and I were at this stage. Uh, When I returned back to the marriage, uh, Mandy and I agreed to put a plan in place to determine whether or not reconciliation would actually work. Right. right? So it wasn't like we're going to put this plan in place so that you, you can fix yourself. We, we were very smart about this and we was like, okay, so we're going to just put this in place just to see if reconciliation is the thing that's going to help fix the marriage. Mm -hmm. We're great. We agreed to do certain things over the course of 90 days. And for me, putting a tangible plan in place helped me to have the right level of expectations for the process. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was getting myself into because I had agreed to it, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't like Mandy gave me all those expectations and I had to abide by those. Mm -hmm. We worked together to develop a plan. See, both Mandy and I had a clear picture of what the next 90-day period would consist of. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it was easier for me to have hope. There that word goes again, right? It was easier for me to have hope in the fact that my decision to reconcile with Mandy would actually turn out favorable, right? So that was what I needed. I needed to have hope that I didn't want to get back into a situation that I would regret, regret later. Mm-hmm. And developing this plan gave me hope that my decision to come back was the right decision. And as a standard, it gave me hope and I guess more relief that, okay, now we're on the same page to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, we both had a voice in saying, okay, this is what 
you know, this is what we are going to do. This is what, um, this is what we're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. These are the steps we're going to take to heal our marriage. And then at the end of the 90 days, we know we both put in 100% into this plan, this 90 day plan. Exactly. And, And the tangible plan, speaking of that, uh, that you put in place should strategically focus on getting them, the reluctant spouse, to be an active part of the reconciliation process. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a bunch of things that you want them to do for themselves. This is also part about uh, part of or helping them to reintegrate back into the marriage yeah. or back into the reconciliation process, mm-hmm. at least. And so with the plan, here's a few things that I want to make sure that you guys include in that plan. Uh, the plan should be... Like, okay, so with the plan, they should be able to have some say into how the plan works. So you're not sitting here creating all the boundaries. They're also able to give some say into it, okay? Mm-hmm. Also, make sure that your plan has a beginning and an end. So, for example, we, we pick 90 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would recommend nothing less than a month. Mm-hmm. Usually 60 to 90 days work good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for Mandy and I, we picked 90 days and we said at the end of the 90 days, we would come back and review the progress. And guess what? We never came back to review the progress. We That's how well it going. went. We just yeah. kept going. Yeah. Also include some things that both of you will do together during this time period. Mm-hmm. So j- just as well as you're going you're gonna to want to give them things to do individually, also include things for you guys to do together, whether it's counseling, whether it's reading a book, whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation and study time together. Make sure that you're including them back into the marriage process and the reconcili- reconciliation progress process by doing things together. Mm-hmm. Um, also include things that they are not to do during this time period. Mm-hmm. Mandy was very explicit and said, you can't have no contact with the other woman. Mm-hmm. Right. And she caught me emailing because she was snooping. I'm sorry. Was not. No, she said she wasn't, but I don't know how you, anyway, we ain't going to go there. But anyway. Email was up. Turned on the computer. <laughs> turned on my computer, y'all, when she got her own. Why would you be on my computer, on my email when you got your own? Anyway, no, don't matter. The bottom line is Holy Spirit allowed that to be exposed so that yes. she can continue to hold me accountable. Yes. Remember, relapse, go. okay? Mm-hmm. Relapse will happen. Um, don't penalize them too harshly. Right. Build that into the process, Okay. Also, with this plan, communicate what you will do once the said time period is up, right? Sort of a way to evaluate the effectiveness of the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said that we would sit down at the end of 90 days and review it. And if it didn't work, we would have come up with another option. And we never, ever got back to that. Yeah. Um, lastly, explore any concerns or reservations that they may have. And only proceed once both of you, both of you, mm-hmm. have verbally agreed to the same terms of the plan. Right. It may even be better to... Like, write it out. Right. Sign it. Have a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but make sure that it's at least a verbal commitment to all of the details and that everybody is on the same page. Mm-hmm. There's, there should be no assumptions. Mm-hmm. Okay? Make everything plain and simple. Um, now, the biggest difference between stages five and stages six is if the reconciled hopeful stage is about creating a plan, the reconciled motivated stage is about actually working the plan out. Okay. That's right. So stage six is where you you get to actually implement the things. That's why it's called reconcile motivated Mm -hmm. because now they're motivated to love. Uh oh, there's somebody's book go. That's man's book. (laughs) But so that that's the whole key in the difference is that they're now motivated to actually implement the changes. Right. It's the difference between saying that I believe that I won't drown if I go into the deep end of the pool, and then I actually end up going into the deep end of the pool. Right. One is what I say. The other is what I do. Um, of course, after the reconciled motivated stage ends, the spouse is no longer considered reluctant and 
now have achieved the final stage, which is, of course, the fully reconciled stage. Ooh, stage thank seven. The Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll know that they are here when they no longer look like they are reluctant. Okay? You'll, you'll know that they're here when they have satisfied all of the requirements of the plan that you guys have put in place. Mm-hmm. And when they have communicated through their words and through their actions that they are equally invested in the success in the success of the marriage mm-hmm. as you are. Yeah. So you'll notice a difference in their behavior, in their demeanor and mm-hmm. um, their focus on the marriage. Right. If the husband wasn't taking the lead now in this stage, you should see him taking the lead again, mm-hmm. being more assertive, more confident. as more confident as the leader of the household. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it is only at this stage, stage seven, right? The fully reconciled stage that you are no longer having to position yourself to stand for your marriage. Mm -hmm. Your stand is over. You're done at this stage. Only stop standing when they have arrived here. Right. Not before. Mm. Okay. So there we have it, guys. We have went through all seven stages of reconciliation. Um, That's a lot of information. Hopefully we didn't go over it too fast. Um, But you can uh, always is, go back and listen again. All, yes, exactly. Always go back and listen again. If you have any questions, please reach out. Um, and we'll probably be doing some more micro teachings of these. We may split some of these stages up and actually do dig. some actual Facebook lives on the Mend Our Marriage page. Yes. Oh, by the way, guys, there's something new that Facebook has done for us. And not, not just, just for, for me, us. And I, me and David. <laughs> but <laughs> for, for, I'll just say for us, because I have an iPhone and what we're going to start doing in our motivated to love uh, group, private group, as well as on our Facebook page is we're going to start doing Facebook lives, but guess what you can do now? Anybody who has an iPhone that's watching our Facebook live, um, can't, well, for the most part, anybody who has an iPhone, if your iPhone is newer, can, we can now do dual Facebook lives, meaning yeah. I could have you on live. So they see my face and they see your face and we could do live coaching calls now. Mm-hmm. So people that has never met us and do live Q and a, so we can bring you on live, do some Q and a, I am really looking forward to that. We're going to be rolling that out in the next week or so. So just, so if you have questions about this, uh, be just, you know, make sure that uh, to update your notifications so that when we go live from our men, marriage page, you see it so that you can have time to answer and ask questions or ask questions so that we can answer. Um, and also do some live Q and a and coaching. Um, but in any case, guys, we, are done. <laughs> um, I know this was meaty and information packed, so take your time it to go back through it. And it was needed. It was definitely needed. We appreciate your time. Again, we thank all of our patrons for supporting yes, the show. We couldn't so do it much. without you. Um, and we really appreciate those who are, you know, just growing and deciding to take their marriage to the next level. Yes. Uh, so lastly, I want to just say, make sure to go and subscribe in iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, leave us an honest rating and review. Uh, subscribe to the podcast so that you know the people that haven't had access to that access to our show can have access to our show. Um, and also, if you do have any questions about any of our services, feel free to email email us at information at mender. No, I gave info the, info. I gave you all the wrong email <laughs> info at mendarmarriage dot com. Be on the lookout for Mandy's book. And guys, we are done. All we right, love y'all. y'all. We love out. You. Deuce, deuce. deuce.